a Podcast One production. The truth about starting a business, crafting a career, having a family and managing to fit it all in. Superwomen We Ain't. From the founder of Boost Juice, Janine Ellis, and leading executive and career coach, Margie Hartley. Welcome to Superwoman We Ain't Season 2. I'm Margie Hartley. And I'm Janine Ellis. Today, we're talking about planning or winging it. First, we're going to talk about what does it mean to plan or wing something. Secondly, what's a three-year or a 10-year or a life plan? And lastly, how do we plan? So, to plan or not to plan, this is the big question. What do we need to do to really be successful? Janine, I know I'm a big believer in the 10-year plan and I offer it up to most of my clients. What's your view on the 10-year plan? Personally, I think it's a complete waste of time. I think you need a end game. So, I think you need the what do I want my life to look like? But with regard to a 10-year plan, where we are today in society, things have changed so dramatically and things are changing every day that to plan 10 years ahead is is really a waste of time in my opinion. Even in business, I think a five-year plan is actually ridiculous too. Maybe a 10-year life plan, maybe you have that, right? But in business, if you have a five-year plan, there's too many things that are changing. Okay, so what, I know what they, everybody says, the world of work is changing or the world is changing, but what do you really mean by change? Okay, if you look at how, I, when I started business, you know, internet had just kind of getting momentum. You know, we're now in an era of rapid change. You know, what was taking 10 years to make a difference now takes six months. So even today, we actually have to look at our business at a three-month clump instead of a 12-month clump. It's actually changing that dramatically. You know, things which the hottest thing, which was either bots or beacons or other technical things that were coming out are now old news. Now, they're old news before people even understand that they're new news. I read a great book recently called AI Superpowers by Dr. Kei-Fu Lee, who is an amazing expert in this area, worked for Google in China. And it was really interesting and scary, some of the findings. You know, basically both PwC and Bain have conducted research on the effects of AI. And it is going to be the new industrial revolution. They actually believe without question that it's going to affect blue collar and white collar equally and it will affect between 10 and 45% of jobs in the future. It will be dramatic. So if you sort of sit there and go, I've got a 10-year plan, I want to do this. Well, the way we're changing in today's society the 10-year plan is defunct before you even start it, before you even get on the journey. Now, I'm a firm believer you have to actually, in everything you do, even when you're going into a meeting and you're having an hour plan, you have to have the end in mind, right? For me, the end, you know, we've all got the, the end end, which is, you know, that time when we meet the, you know, knock on the pearly gates. Mind you, just so you know, when I was a little girl, I used to think there's going to be a cure for death by the time I get there. Now, because I'm still here talking to you, Margie, I am not proved wrong. (laughs) However, at the moment, if I last till 92, I think I'll be doing well. So when I talk about planning, I don't go, right, okay, it's a 10-year plan, but I go, if I want to live to 92 and I don't want to be a little old lady walking down the street with with a walking frame, what do I need to do today? 
What do I need to do today to make sure I am that fit, dynamic 92-year-old that stands up straight and still doing yoga? And what I'd have to do today is I have to eat well. I have to do yoga. I have to do exercise. I have to do certain things. So I have an overall plan, which is my life plan, but certainly when it comes to business, you, you have to take it in smaller chunks because we don't know what we don't know right now. We are in a world of change that we've never seen before. You know, we are going to be having automated cars. We're going to be having, AI is going to be ruling our, our world. We've got augmented reality. Social media will go to new heights. We'll have surgically implanted wearable health devices. I mean, we don't even know. We'll be blown. You look, you look right now, right? What we can do. If you five years ago or even 10 years ago said, Margie, look what we can do on our phone. Look what what capabilities we have. We would have gone impossible. I love hearing that you say the conditions are changing at a rapid rate. I completely agree with you. And one of the things that I've been shocked about is that they always said that my job as an executive coach and people like psychologists will never be replaced. And so that was a really good business to go into. In fact, they now have... AI that can coach you and psychologists that are built in as bots that are actually working not as well as individuals, but they're much closer than we thought. So from the research I did, I think you're fine. (laughs) I think you're good. Thanks. I hope so. Anyway, the... And uh, juice bars, I think we're good too. So we're okay, but it's all the other people have to worry. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, So it is actually important to think about the relevance of your long-term business absolutely in the changing world. Then how can you say a 10-year plan is relevant? Knowing what we know... Knowing the, the, the landscape that we live in, how can you say you'd need to do a 10-year plan? Well, I actually believe that you and I might be talking about the same thing as we emerge in this conversation. The way you talk about a life plan is actually very much around um, what I call a 10-year plan. But one of the things about a 10-year plan is we're creating our long-term view of what that might look like based in reality. And then we're stepping back on in certain categories and we make sure that there's no goal misalignment or goal clashing or goal conflict. So some people can say to me, I'm going to get so fit and I'm going to do this as well as doing this, as well as doing... They load themselves up with goals and they fail miserably at all of them. So mine's really about making sure you create a big map over the next 10 years and create this timeline that says, well, I'm currently... Julie Smith or Sue Smith, we were talking about another episode, our fictional friend. Sue Smith is 40 today and in 10 years she will be 50. What are the ages of her, those nearest and dearest to her, whether it's her partner, her kids, her parents, her dog, and how old will they be? And where does that take us over the next 10 years? But doesn't people, with that theory, if you have that 10-year plan, they go, okay, I need to, you're right, there's too many to get into a short clump, these, these things to do. But surely people's thing will go, that's all right, I've got time to start, and then they never start. Like, I've got time to get fit. If I've got a 10-year plan, I've got time to get fit. No, no, because we break it back down into year-long goals and how we actually get successful at each of those. So the first part is really about the facts. How old am I going to be now and how am I going to be old am I going to be in 10 years' time? Well, that's pretty easy. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I can get that one. They're the, they're the facts, right? <laughs> so, that, But yeah. often 
our dreams for ourselves are not steeped in fact. They're not steeped in reality. And this is where I draw people back on this 10-year plan. And then I ask them actually to put reality down with their finances, Janine. And it is so important. I've got people telling me that they're going to do all of these things and I go, where's the trust fund? Or the super. Or the I mean, su- certainly women are really struggling in that area. Yeah, absolutely. So again, finance is steeped in reality. So that's the first part. The second part is the aspiration. And I'll divide that up into about 10 different areas from where are you going to live, your environment, looking. We don't talk about career or means. What money do you want? What holidays do you want? What recreation do you want? And so it's very much around your life. What do you want to do with your relationships? What do you want to do for self? What are you doing in the community? So we're really asking people to sort of brainstorm and spitball these ideas about what their 10 years. Oh, when I was 45, I always thought that I'd be. And all of a sudden we're creating um, a whole area of options for people to start to dream. And then we come back and I say, so how are you going to do that? What are the means? What is the career? And I give people four options. You do, the first one is my job as it is forever and ever, right? So I am currently working at job X and I am this. If I was here in 10 years time, how would I like that to evolve? Number two, same job, different industry, different area. Third one, a um, different job, different industry. So what have you dreamed about? And the last one is the random. And that's when people always tell me that they're going to be an interior designer or a radio host or have a country farm. And then if we sit back then and have a look at that over the 10 years, what I'm asking people to do is integrate that into reality, the finances, the dreams, the fact that they might have ageing parents, which means they can't go and live in Italy for a year. And so that's my idea of a 10-year plan. So I'd like to hear, now you've heard mine, is that a life plan for you or is that somewhere sitting in between? I think it's somewhere sitting in between. I think that, um, you know, one of the things that I, I do like about what your plan represents is the reality that we will get older, I think the younger you are, the more you think that's never going to happen. But you ask an older person, they say that they get, they look in the mirror and they get a fright because they, they still feel 30. And, you know, even personally, I look at my children and I cannot believe that I have a 28-year-old son and a 10-year-old daughter, but I can't believe that. I, how did that happen? You know, mm. it was only yesterday they were little ones. So time does go. And consequently, if you don't make those plans and you aren't effective with those plans, then you find that you will arrive at those destinations and it won't be a happy arrival. And so, you know, in some respects, you know, I do agree that you need to sort of break it down into those areas. But more uh, probably where we were coming from is you're on sort of the life kind of journey. I sort of was looking at it more of a business sense because on a business sense, the rules don't apply. Certainly life sense, yeah, absolutely you do. And, you know, but I, I, then again, I probably plan, as I said, I've got my 90, what, 92, mind you, or for, forever, because it's still hoping on that cure uh, happening. And it, hey, prove me wrong, right? <laughs> I won't be able to tell you if you're wrong. <laughs> no, that's it. Um, so we've got this long game. Yeah. But as you know, I have some gorgeous girlfriends which I catch up every year and we have 12-month plans. So we probably don't go, I don't go beyond there. But uh, In your mind though, do you have a sense uh, well, of where you need to be? Well, I do because I have that end goal because I mm. know everything, every day, If you, when you get to middle age, every decision that you make every single day, whether it's a cigarette or a 
drink of alcohol or a getting not getting off your desk and going for a walk will affect how you are as an older person, right? Every decision this every decision that you make will affect that. So what are you deciding right now? I mean, what are you actually saying to yourself if you go, do you know what? I know it's a sunny day, but I just can't be bothered. I want to go watch Netflix. And this is part of the goal conflict. I love that you've actually brought that up because this is a part of I, if my goals are all integrated and part of it is to be a fit human being who ends up 92, um, if it's about being a fit human being who can actually put all their energy into work over the next three years so they can actually, so there's a bit of sacrifice that goes, financial, um, social, a few other things, actually making sure that people are integrating those goals along the way and not shooting themselves in the foot. Mm. Um, in my 10-year plan, when I'm 60, I'm going on a sabbatical for six months to S countries. And so it's just a bit of a fun thing. And then when I come back, I can get a dog. But every single day between now and then, I will want to have a new dog. What sort of so, dog? Oh, well, probably a Bernese mountain dog, but I... I'm, they molt. I know, and they don't last that long. But anyway, it's about, that's a simple example of me integrating my goals. And it also enables me to help focus on my goals at work. Like what is, so my goals are at work are, you know, these, and this is where my area of focus is. And it also really helps me not get distracted. Mm. And that's in a smaller piece. I'd like to get back and ask you a bit more about the planning in business. We talked a bit about personal plans and I've taken hold of that in terms of how I work with my clients, but I'm really keen to understand what happens in business? You've said six-month chunks, 12-month chunks, but no more five years. No, I think three years is more acceptable. And the reason being is, is what I've just mentioned. So what I believe is planning also doesn't mean it has to be six-month, three-month or one-month. It could be one minute. Like I'm about to make a call to someone and I want a certain outcome right? I need to have very clearly in my head what that outcome is before I make that call. So whether you just said about your 60-year goal, right? So you've got a very clear vision of that goal and you're going to action it, action things today to get there. So whether it's a minute, whether it's five minutes, whether it's three years, the fundamentals are the same. You have to have the end in mind for you to take even one step further. And that's just, that's just basic business, so when I'm having this conversation today with you and I've started off saying don't agree with you, I think we actually fundamentally do agree yeah. that in life you have to have a vision and some clarity and what parts of your life intersect. And in business, you have to be really clear that the conditions are changing so rapidly yeah. that you need to pivot within your vision or ambition correct. over a three to 10 year plan. Yeah, correct. It's a bit like any journey. I know people are going, don't use the word journey, it's annoying. But in any journey, so I'm going on a car ride, right? Uh, before I even sit in the car, I know where I'm going before I even turn the ignition on. And I, during that journey to get to my destination, there might be potholes, there might be U-turns, I might get lost, which is probably most likely for me because I do get lost a lot, to get to my destination. But in the end, though, you get there because you know where you're going. That's the same as life. So, Margie, to summarise what does it mean to plan it or wing it, for me is the speed of innovation in business with regard to AI and technology means you really in my opinion, means you cannot plan beyond you know, two to three years. And really, you should be planning every six months. But I agree with you, a life plan is a little bit different. And so there is different ways of thinking and planning for business and for life. 
You're listening to Superwomen We Ain't with Margie Hartley and Janine Alice. If you like listening to the show, please do get in touch on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button and continue to listen for free. So Janine, we've talked about the conditions for planning or winging it and some of the ideas we've both got around that, but let's talk about strategies for a three-year plan or a life plan. And I'm really interested in Boost Juice and the genuine strategies you may or may not have employed because you went into Boost Juice, surely you had a plan. Yeah, the plan in <laughs> the plan actually changed different times. The plan at one point was just to bloody survive. Um, no, when you when we first started, it really was a vision of growing a juice and smoothie category. I mean, there was nothing. You've got to remember, back in two thousand, there was nothing healthy you could get. There was no fruit and vegetables. There was no juice. There was you know there was things called health bars, but they sell, sold pies and chips. I mean, it was really ridiculous. So for us, my vision was to create something truly healthy and getting fruit and vegetables in people's diets. That was sort of one vision. The other BHAG was to be the world's most loved and known brand. And that was my BHAG. That so was BHAG being? Big, hairy, audacious goal. Okay. So the big stuff, the yep. big vision so at this, the end of the end. This is the one that you sort of go, okay, this is nearly so unachievable, but mate, it's out there. What I find with planning though, planning is so powerful. The amount of times that you actually plan and actually achieve it is actually extraordinary. And sometimes you even get you even get shocked. I remember one time we were probably about two years in, two or three years in, and we're sitting around the, at a board table with the key the key stakeholders. And I was the only one doing anything, right? So everyone else, you know, could come in with their their advice. And they were, you know, great, great group of table, great table. <laughs> but I was the bunny that had to do everything. So I remember one time we had like 15 stores and they said, okay, so, okay, our strategy is we're going to get to 100 stores, right? And they all went, yes, that's a great strategy, right? And they're all sitting there and I'm sitting there going, all right, for you blokes and girls on the table, what you know, who's the bunny that's going to have to do it? And I remember thinking, and they sort of went, yes, okay, and we all signed off on a strategy of 100 stores, right? And they all got off and everyone was happy and proud of themselves that we've done this strategy. And I sat there and thought, bloody hell, that's, I've got me, my great Dane, a part-time bookkeeper. Um, not sure how I'm going to do that. But interesting though, we actually got to, in that period that we said we we're going to achieve, we ended up being at 124 stores. Wow. Yeah. So that's, you actually went over the goal. Correct. So what happens is as soon as you have that goal, now don't don't get me wrong, it wasn't just 100 stores and we walk out, we whiteboard it. Right, okay, we're, if in 2004 we want 100 stores, how, what do we need to do to achieve that? Right, we've currently got Janine and the Great Dane, so we need a bit more than that. So we need to hire this person, we need to hire this person. Right, okay, we need the, the infrastructure. What what sort of funds do we need? Okay, we need these funds. What do we expect the ink? Right, okay. So you've actually got, you had a roadmap to like actually had to get the there. End with correct. From the end in but, mind, which is what you're saying correct. before. So we started with 100 stores. All right, now let's go back to where we are today and work out how do we actually get to there. And even though at the time it was daunting, and I remember saying to my team, we don't count. So we didn't count how many stores we had to get to because it was such a, it seemed such a massive mountain to climb. Oh, so you weren't tracking it. No, we, we were tracking it in one sense, but the other sense was I didn't want people to be overwhelmed. So it was like, what do we need to do today to achieve our goal? Not what do we have to do next month? What do we need to do today? So for me, it was like my, I got 
old so quickly because I was in June already working on December. So for me, my year had already ended. Like I was going, oh my God, we haven't done that in June. My God, that floor store is going to be delayed in, you know, to January. So my whole life just went really quickly. But the key point was without the planning and without putting it on the board, we wouldn't have hired those people. We wouldn't have had that revenue. We wouldn't have put those systems in place to achieve our goal. Goal and planning is so critical and it's very powerful. And I'm talking personally, as in your personal life, as well as professionally. Okay. So with this planning and the business plan, I really like that sta- that that tangible example of thinking about boost stores and how you went from 20 to 124. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Incredible. And how you chunked it down. And you often talk to me about chunking stuff down and actually then when you were talking clearly about the plan and how you spoke to people. It was about chunking it down for the moment rather than thinking about three years all the time. But you think about your personal plan, right? If you're overweight and you need to lose 10 kilos, if you say lose 10 kilos, you think, oh my God, that is just too big a mountain. But why don't you lose two? Let's do two and see how that goes. Now you've lost those two, get another two. So if you chunk it down to palatable bits, then it is achievable. And also you get that endorphin when you get those two. If you're going for 10 and you get two, well, it's a failure. Mm. So, you know, give yourself some wins. Mm. And I work with a couple of great women who run Shoebox Bookkeeping. And it's a franchise organisation that allows um, current bookkeepers to use their franchise to establish a, a more robust franchise of bookkeeping. And they're all over the country. And they started 20 years ago, just the two of them, in their respective homes, building up this business. And the plan then was really uh, quite limited and th- until they got their BHAG, which is now really um, exciting for the both of them and sort of to dominate the bookkeeping business right throughout Australia and going into tax, they, um, they, they were just probably... Uh, and I don't want to paraphrase for them, but they were probably just dribbling from one thing to the next, you know, oh, we've made this much money this year, that's good, we might make some more next year. And then there was a moment when they realised that they could achieve so much more and that they put together their big, hairy, audacious goal, as you call it, their vision, their ambition for themselves over the next five years. And it was that moment that actually everything they did opened up and things started to change because they were acting towards the plan. So what was their goals and plans? So initially it was to build a business that allowed them to gain an income and do moderately well. So they were excited about each time they got a new franchise or where they were working towards and they had small goals. And then the moment where they decided that they'd actually plan a bit out, plan to five to 10 years with a vision and clarity about where they might end up, then was as just like Boost Juice, they built from the front, from the end to where they are now and currently they're really thriving as a brilliant franchise um, called Shoebox Bookkeeping, which is enabling people to have their own bookkeeping business. I always find, though, that quite often to not achieve our goals is normally our own fault. We tend to put too lower, too lower a ceiling 
Okay, we, tell me about that. I'm fascinated. Like, so, okay, for a perfect example, right? So if I, you, you know, the shoebox was a perfect example in the sense that they had small goals and they breached them. Woohoo, right? With Boost Juice Bars, right? We opened one store, two stores, four stores, five stores. If they said, let's get to 20 stores, I would have gone, yes, that's okay. Like, let's go to 20 stores. But because our bar was high you reach it. You'll be surprised how much you reach when you actually set your goal higher. And what people tend to do in life and business is actually sometimes set that goal a little bit low. So in actual fact, your goal should be scary. They should actually put you out of your comfort zone, you know, and you should be really sweating to get there. And people shouldn't misunderstand that when we put the analogy of the 10 kilos and to chunk it down into small pieces, that actually that's aiming low. That's actually a sensible strategy to get to the bigger goal. Oh, no, you still have your goal mm. of 10 kilos, mm. but you go, I'm going to get the two kilos done in week four. Yes. So your 10 kilos are still there. Same thing for business then. Yes. So we've got something that we're reaching for that's a bit scary. It's a bit of a stretch, but we know how to chunk mm. it down to get there. And you, what you realise in business and life is the power of the many is very strong. So if you can get one and one can equal 20, so you really do need to get the right one-on-ones. Yeah, the amount of people that I've come across who've hired poorly or surround themselves with negative people and they never get anywhere. And then equally, you know, luckily for me, I you know, married the right guy and him, him and I are, are 20. You know, we, we can sort of conquer the world because we have these diverse skills. So really getting people on the right path to get that planning is actually critical too. So summarising what we've been talking about, it's knowing where you are going first, really important, and then plan to get there. So we know it's important and we know you have to get it done. How do we do it? Okay, I'll give you my techniques. Great. Right. I don't know about you, but if I say to myself, I'm going to go to the gym, and it's just I say it to myself like no one else is in the room, just me in my head, the chances of me getting to the gym are pretty slim. Right. If I say to you, Margie, I'm going to meet you at the gym at six o'clock, I will not let you down. I will be there at six o'clock to the gym. Because you're loyal and you don't want to let me down. Yeah, That's a big driver for correct. you. Yeah. But, al- but also if you commit to someone, it's your word. So for me, the best thing for me with planning is actually putting it out there and committing to a friend that I'm going to do it. I mentioned earlier about how on an annual basis that we have dinner, we have a glass of wine, we do our plans, we roll up the paper, we put it in the bottle, we keep the bottle to next year, bring it back. Mind you, we take a photo of our plan so we don't forget it. So they're, they're on our phone. And it's the process of actually committing to another person that you're going to do it is actually really powerful because we know we have to front up. We actually catch up every three months as well. So we have to, we talk about it as well, but we have to front up to our friends and going, have you done it or not? Mm. Right. So you can- Keeps you accountable to somebody you care about and you don't want to let yourself down in front of them. Correct. So that's Mm. the first thing I do. The second thing I do is I put it on a wall. Now I've got an event coming up, um, a retreat that I'm going on that's going to be quite strenuous and hard. So what I've got on my mirror is I've got certain exercises and certain things I need to do to achieve my goal of being fit enough for this event. And so it's on my mirror. So every morning I pick up my brush, my toothbrush, I brush my teeth and I go, right, I need to swim once a week. I need to do those abs. I need to do the yoga. I need to do all these things I need to do. But it's on the mirror. It's front of mind. Now, you and I can have a choice also of what we have on our phone. We can have our kids, we can have our pet dog, our pet goat, in my sense, my goat, because I love my goat, goats. Sorry, I don't mean to be, you know, because I've got two goats. Um, 
So on your phone, when you actually, because how often do we pick up our phone? How often do we look at it? Have your three key items you want to do. So what the point is to keep it front of mind. So when you see it, oh, right, I haven't actually done that. Oh, that's right. I meant to do it. The amount of times people go, I've done a goal. And then later they go, oh, I forgot what it was. So make it real and keep it alive. You can't see it. It doesn't exist. No, It's absolutely. like a Fitbit. Many people don't track their actual hours or how far they've walked, but it's actually an environmental structuring that allows them to remember what their goals are and how they're front of mind. The other tip I've got is to actually make your goal your password. So oh, nice. <laughs> I like How many one. times do you have to put your password in. I think that's um, a good reminder. I really like this idea, keep it front of mind. How do we do that in business? How do we keep it front of mind in business? Everything's on my computer. How do I pull it up? Oh, for me, if you come into my office, it's written all over the walls. So our vision every year is actually printed up. It's got a funny little dog or cat character or some sort of animal because it's called Retail Zoo and it's on the wall. And then over there, it's we build businesses one customer at a time. And over there, it's, you know, you're the only... Visual reminders, just like you're swimming and you're... All Correct. of those other things. So literally throughout the whole office is affirmations, which actually the office came up with at one point. So we said, okay, we've got a new office. Come up with your best quotes to to inspire and delight people. And so they're all over the office. But it, it's reminded. Now, quite often we get blind to them. So I like the password idea because, you know, you have to can't be blind to it because you've got to go, what, that's a bloody password again. <laughs> Look, so for, for me, finally, on this, it's really live it. You know, bring it to life. To be honest, sitting down and doing goals is a complete waste of time unless you actually live it every day. So we started the episode actually thinking we had different views and polar opposite views of planning or winging it. But actually, we both agree that you've got to have the long-term view, be able to pivot within that, but chunk it down into short-term goals and really make it front of mind. No, exactly. And actually that leads into a one of my favourite quotes from Warren Buffett. It's someone sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. Now, just before we finish this episode, I just want to give the listeners a couple of reading tips. The first one was the book AI Superpowers from Dr. Ki-Fu Lee, who I found fascinating of where AI is going. And another one on AI, which is the Netflix movie or documentary more so, called AlphaGo, which is fascinating if you're interested in where AI is going. Thanks, Janine. I'll check those out. In the next episode, we're going to talk about what goes up must come down. The realities of business and career and this idea of resilience and the mindset of persistence. Superwomen We Ain't is a Podcast One production recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne. Executive producer is Grant Tothill. Producer is Dave Zwolenski. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.